0: On November 27th, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments in Oil State's Energy Services LLC versus Green's Energy Group LLC. The case could either steady or upend a legal practice before the Patent Trial and Appeal Board. At issue? The Constitutionality of Inter partes Review Proceedings, also known as IPR. Finnegan Partners Erica Arner and Josh Goldberg join us now to tell us more about this case and its potential implications. Erica, what's the crux of the dispute in oil states versus greens?
1: The basic dispute is pretty simple. It's whether the inner parties review process that was created by Congress in the America Invents Act is constitutional. It's a very fundamental question the way it's been posed to the court. To unpack that a little bit, the kinds of issues the court is thinking about are whether the The fact that Congress gave the patent office, which is in the executive branch, the ability to adjudicate a dispute between two parties over the validity or invalidity of a patent, whether that power that Congress has given to the patent office violates the separation of powers the Constitution requires in Article 3 that the judicial power of the United States be vested in the court system, so in district courts and the Supreme Court, which is different from the executive branch. So that separation of powers argument is one of the main approaches that the court is thinking about the constitutionality of the IPR procedures. The second approach, which didn't really get a lot of traction in the briefs or the argument is the seventh amendment requirement for a jury trial before patent rights can be taken away. That's what the petitioner is arguing for. That Seventh Amendment jury requirement, as I said, has not really gotten the attention that the Article Three separation of powers issue has gotten. So at the base of it, the court is deciding whether or not Congress violated the Constitution by empowering the PTO to conduct IPRs.
0: And Josh, what are the important takeaways from the oral arguments held on November 27th?
2: Well, I think one of the key takeaways is that we're likely not going to have a unanimous decision here. While a couple of the justices seemed very concerned about the settled expectations of patent owners and their property rights, others didn't seem to have any issues with IPRs. They seemed to find comfort in the the patent owner's ability to appeal IPR decisions to the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit and thought that any due process issues could be dealt with separately. On that note, several justices seemed very concerned about what some have been referring to panel stacking going on at the PTAB. This is where the PTAB uses an expanded panel to effectively change the decision of the original panel in a case. As a practical matter, This has only happened a couple times, so it may be an issue that's getting disproportionate attention. The justices also seem to be interested in whether IPRs and re-exams were in any way distinguishable on these constitutional issues. Counsel for oil states tried to distinguish the two, but the justices didn't seem to be buying it. So if IPRs are ultimately found unconstitutional here it seems fairly likely that that decision would also end up applying to re-exams and other processes at the PTAB of going back and revisiting patents.
0: Erica, if the Supreme Court rules inter-parties review as unconstitutional, what immediate impact do you envision for businesses?
1: Well, I think it will be uncertain at first. There will be uncertainty in what happens next. It's very rare for the Supreme Court to find any law unconstitutional. And certainly in the patent context, that hasn't happened. So there will be uncertainty about what happens to the patents that were canceled long ago. The the IPRs have canceled hundreds, if not thousands, of patent claims for over five years. So one of the questions will be what happens to those patents that were already canceled. Another question will be how to unwind the IPRs that are ongoing. And a bigger question for businesses will be what to do going forward. And there, I expect that after the initial uncertainty wears off, things will return to pre-AIA days where validity challenges to patents will continue. They will happen back in the district courts. They will happen, I suspect, in a new forum or a new process that the Patent Office will come up with after that ruling from the Supreme Court to implement whatever guidance the court has given them. But really, it will be sort of business as usual for patent owners and patent challengers as usual before the AIA. So, I think that means that we would see an uptick in litigation. I think the district courts that have stayed litigations while IPRs are ongoing will unstay their cases, and those validity challenges will be mounted in district court rather than in the PTAB trials. At the end of the day, while there would be some initial uncertainty and confusion perhaps. I think things will settle out pretty quickly into a regime that really focuses on the substance of patent rights and patent validity whether the forum changes or not, will not change the substantive requirements for getting a patent, for enforcing a patent, for challenging a patent. And
0: finally, Josh, is there anything businesses should be doing or thinking about in preparation of the court's opinion?
2: As Erica mentioned, there's gonna be a lot of uncertainty associated with what happens to patents that have already been canceled as a result of IPRs. So if you are a patent owner, I think one thing that you need to be thinking about is how to make sure that whatever cases you have stay pending long enough that if the Supreme Court does find IPRs unconstitutional, your claims haven't already been canceled. So if you have a federal circuit decision that goes against you, you should probably think about petitioning for cert at the Supreme Court just to keep the case pending in the hopes that the oil states case comes out in your favor. On the petitioner side, it probably is safe to assume that it makes sense to continue filing IPRs and continue going forward with any IPRs that you have because the costs that you'll incur are going to be costs that you would incur in litigation anyway so you're not really going to be throwing away any money even if IPRs are ultimately found unconstitutional plus you'll be getting the benefits of a potential stay in the district court and additional settlement leverage so hopefully you can wrap up the case before we even end up getting a decision in oil
1: states. Yeah, I I agree with Josh. And one other thing that I think is good practice, especially for uncertain times, but even in certain times, is for patent owners to keep a robust patent strategy. And one of the ways to do that is to maintain continuation applications at the patent office and also to write patent applications with an eye towards validity challenges regardless of where they will come up and take what we've learned from the IPR regime, if it is to end next year, take those lessons and build them into the underlying patent portfolio strategy.
0: Our guests have been Erica Arner and Josh Goldberg, partners at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.